Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Eat, Pray, Thought podcast. I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, a.k.a. Bussiana LaBeja, a.k.a. your number one thought, thought ally, a.k.a. your head doctors, a.k.a. Big Bussy Almighty, the, illust- the il- most illustrious member of Gamma Phi Bussy. We welcome you to the season premiere, the season four premiere of the Eat, Pray, Thought podcast. Um, as you know, we're in the fourth season. Um, this is what, well, yeah, this has been a long time coming, <laughs> um, so to speak, for lack of better words. Um, I'm, I think I'm overall, I'm very proud of the fact that we have done four seasons and that y'all continue to support the bussy of me and Amber. Um, uh, <laughs> because you know, it makes me feel special. Um, and this season is a little different, or every season we have a theme. So the first season was music, albums. Second season was film. Third season was the return of the bussy. This season will be TV. So today's episode, or episode 401, is entitled Living Single. Um, because, I mean, Living Single was a show, a vibe. So before we get into it, I'm going to introduce my illustrious, my most beautiful the chocolate bunny herself, Emma Milan. <laughs> it's what's up? It's the melanin bunny. Get it, get it right. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The melanin. We not, we not letting that white man call me chocolate bunny no more. It's melanin bunny. Melanin bunny. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is that every time I think about that, that white man really called me chocolate bunny? Okay, but anyway. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Amber, a.k.a. Any Depressants, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Emo Black Girl, a.k.a. Fluoxetina Knowles, a.k.a. Vaccinated Pussy, because I just got a one shot of the vaccine. Come on, vaccinated pussy. Period. Period. But I'm still not going maskless outside, so. (laughs) As you shouldn't, because that... That's what the man will want you to do, okay? And also, because I don't need y'all coughing on me. I don't need to be getting sick, okay? Like, no. I'm going to be just like them Japanese folks. I'm going to have masked up. Mask on, okay. Mask on. <laughs> Never, tr- Never trust no bitch, okay? <laughs> How are um, you? Oh, today we... Living single. Ooh, in the 90s kind of world. I'm glad I got my girl. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. That's right. (laughs) My homegirl standing to the left and the right. True. Like glue. We are living. Ooh, a theme song. Okay. (laughs) Um. <laughs> um before I go into how how am I, I would just like to ask you, Amber, what um living single character do you most identify with? Oh, that's a good question. I'm uh a mixture. Okay. I'm mostly a mixture of Khadijah and Max, but I have some regime sprinkled in there. Got, you know, got a little ray. Got a little bouge. Just, 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 just a, a smidge. Just, just a sprinkle. But I'm, yeah, like I was, yeah, I'm most likely, yeah, like in work life, Khadijah, 
probably like in romantic life max <laughs> so. what about you literally the same we're literally the same <laughs> i'm definitely khadija in terms of work life for sure but i've not met i'm not necessarily max in terms of her relationship life because max was a player from the himalayas however i do think that like her honesty her just like overall like tenacity, like I'm gonna get things done. You're not gonna tell me what to do. I'm gonna be my own woman. I identify with that. And then I'm definitely regime in terms of just bouginess. Um, and ever since Dania told me I'm gonna get a professional man, now a blue collar man, I'm only looking at rich niggas now. Um, Where are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm only looking at rich niggas now because Dania manifested the type of man I should have. So okay. That's well, important that I um go after rich niggas now or okay. rich adjacent niggas. Like okay. niggas who are not rich yet, but in five years, five to ten years, that portfolio could look real cute. <laughs> not the potential. Come on. Yes. yes. <laughs> but like they making they making a solid six figures now, but they gonna be making a solid seven or eight in the next 10 years. Mm. Mm. yeah okay. strategy okay? okay um i'm on my lori harvey anyway <laughs> <laughs> to ask you your original question i am okay you know um the week started off on a high 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 kind of ended on a low 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 and now we're somewhere in the middle i think mm. um i did start talking to, i did get a new therapist who is a black man so i'm very excited about that I realized, yes, I realized that, you know, my issues, a lot of my issues stem, a lot of my issues deal are centered around Black cisgendered men. <laughs> so I was like, in an effort to work on my vulnerability levels, I was like, let me get a Black cisgendered therapist um, who also happens to be heterosexual. So interesting. Um, yes, he is heterosexual. Um, he made the assumption that I was getting ass the other day in terms of male ass. And I, I had to quickly let him know I'm only getting dick. I've never seen no parts of the bussy um, or another person's bussy that wasn't my own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to be very clear, like, no, I'm only receiving penis. I'm not getting ass. I wouldn't even know what to do with that. I'm dead. Um, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. How are you this week, Amber? Um, this week has been, I don't know, it's been trash low key, but <laughs> one thing that I, one thing that I did do, I did have sex this week. So what your girl had sex finally. Bitch with who? I mean, I know huh? you can't say who on the show, but with who? This is a new guy. Oh, absolutely not. I don't have new, I don't, I have not had new guy sex in pandemic. I'm too scared. But um, this is someone I've had sex with for, since I was 12. So. Uh, oh, 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 I know who it is. I just. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't expecting him. Come on, throwback. Yes, TBT dick. We love a good. No, TBT dick. TBT dick. We love a good TBT dick. Yeah. It's good for the skin. <laughs> it's like a good shower you all you, you it's dependable 
Exactly. You know, I know what I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? And then like, yeah. So you it was, know where it to was, set your it, expectations. Exactly. Exactly. And that's always important with niggas. Because um, they generally go beneath the bar. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start talk, speaking more positively about niggas in 2021. That's what that's going to be one of my... I'm going to try to. Amber, please give let me... No, I was, I'm letting you have it. I'm thinking about, I was thinking about me. That's, that's I know I was, but when I said it, I didn't believe it. So I was just like, the fact that you made the face as soon as I said it, I was like, Amber, I'm trying to believe, I'm trying to lie to myself. Okay. Sorry. Go, I I believe that you will start talking positively. Yes. I'm going to try to speak life into some of these niggas or just really my nigga. Um, cause God, I need a nigga. Um, but anyways. All right, so we're gonna introduce our guest. Very important that we introduce our guest, um, our season four premiere guest, mm. okay? He is a digital creator and writer who hails from Brooklyn. He most recently graduated with his master's of fine arts. Okay, that's master's, that's master's bussy, okay? Okay. And his work has <laughs> appeared on- <laughs> his MFA has- bussy, okay? Come on. Oh, <laughs> and his work has appeared on Huffington Post, Blavity, KarenSilver.com, and he is currently working at the world-famous Silver Cup Studios. And for you girls who don't know that, what Silver Cup Studios, this is like legendary. This is where shows and films such as Pose, Sex in the City, Gossip Girl, When They See Us, and Do the Right Thing have all been shot, okay? So, Bussy High, please welcome with your hearts and your bussies. Hans Funk. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Thank you for having Hi. me. <laughs> Hi. Hello, hello. It feels nice Walk. to have such a warm uh, welcome and have like my resume introduced before me. Come on. <laughs> That's what we do over here, okay? We got to get you psyched up. Um, Fonz, is there anything you would like to have to know about you? Any little known facts? Anything you just want to let the girls be aware of before you jump into the craziness that is this podcast? Um, I am just as open to a lot of different types of conversation. I'm just as friendly. I'm just as sweet. I can sometimes be just as bitchy um, as I appear online. So everything that you see... <laughs> that I tweet about is some shit that would come out of my mouth on the regular. So it ain't no fake shit. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's so adorable. Um, I bet you touched your cheeks with <laughs> All right. As always, we start the podcast with Bussy Pep Talks. This is something that Amber, myself, and the guests are proud of ourselves for this week or just an achievement. It doesn't necessarily even have to be the week. It could be the month. It could be the year um, because the year's still fresh. Um, But yeah, it's just one reason why we're proud of ourselves this week. Amber, would you like to go start ladies first? Ladies first, ladies first. Since we in our living single, Queen Latina. I know, right? Uh, So um, like I said, this week was trash, but I will say that I am proud of myself for being vulnerable. Um, Like, it's really hard for me in some of the moments that I am having to like tell people like what's going on. And I was able to do that this week, which felt 
better and good. Like usually I tell like my therapist and I tell my psychiatrist because I feel like they're the only people that really need to know this this kind of shit. But like uh I told <laughs> I told like friends and so that that was that was good. Um so that's what I'm proud of myself is for for being um more vulnerable than I typically am this week. Shout out to you vulnerability right, is awesome. important. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um Ooh, and that's something I'm working on for 2021, vulnerability and softness. Yeah. It feels very racist. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> vulnerability? Oh, my yeah, God. It's super racist. It's racist, sexist. Homophobic. Yeah. Like, all of it. <laughs> all the isms. <laughs> I'm like, why do I feel like I want to throw up right now? <laughs> I, I, damn. Uh, I, I hate it. Um, I am... I guess it's kind of similar to you. I have um, this week, I won't say it was trash, but it was a lot. And I think normally what I try to do is like fight off my depression or like fight off my feelings and not like embrace them. So this week I really tried to, like I felt it coming. I cried Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I might've cried a little bit yesterday. I can't really remember, but I also got a massage yesterday. so my my memory's a little all over the place um but nonetheless I just kind of embraced my feelings this week I didn't try to fight them off I was like let me embrace them like let me let me feel um because you know those got feelings too and you gotta feel so I'm I've been feeling my emotions it's been a lot of them um and also just like coming to the realization like hey like, and this happened multiple times, but I think now that I'm just, like, in a better place, I have the constant room to, like, you have depression. Some days you are going to be sad just, just because, like, some days it's not going to be a rhyme or reason to it. You're just going to be sad, and that's okay. You're doing your best. So, those is why I am proud of myself this week. Fonz, why, what's your pussy pep talk for the week? Um... I am most proud of myself because I've picked up uh, a new endeavor, I guess I could say, which is music. I've always loved music. Um, and for a long time, like I've wanted to be involved in music some way, somehow. Um, last year, I kind of started learning the guitar from two of my friends when I lived in Atlanta. Um, and then I recently purchased my first guitar. And so I'm learning like basic songs and notes and melodies and stuff and like learning how to play it um and it's moving kind of fast because yesterday I recorded my first song it's not finished but um it's a huge step in the right direction and like on the topic of vulnerability it's another way to express myself creatively like I love to write and that's that much is known um but it's not really widely known that I I want to make music even though I've I feel like I've tweeted it a lot, like, but it's not really anything that has like cemented until now. So I don't know where this is going. I don't have no plans to be like some world famous musician, but I just know it feels good. Um, and then in terms of like mental health, like that's, it's soothing. It's very cathartic for me. So I'm proud of myself for that. Okay. I love <laughs> that. Too. I love it. Come on. Come on, music. Child, I'm an artist. 
It's what? It's a journey. It's definitely <laughs> a journey. I get frustrated with myself so easily because like uh you have to learn to, you have to hold the guitar a certain way for certain sounds to come out. It's not as easy as just strumming. You know what I mean? Like you have to you have to know your shit. You have to know your notes and you have to be just as patient with yourself as you are with your instrument and all that, you know, flowery bullshit that like you hear being one with your instrument. Like all of that is true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> be one with your instrument. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be one with my pussy because that's nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna start getting becoming more one with my pussy. That is my, <laughs> that is my instrument. That is my tool. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the inspiration. Fun. Of course. <laughs> um. All right. So the way we jump, we you know, for those of you who may be new to the podcast. Um, we go in order, eat, pray, thought. I say this every time as a disclaimer, because I don't want you girls to get confused. So we're going to start with eat, okay? Because you got to eat, and then you got to pray over your, your dick, and then you got to fuck it. Um, Period. That's, the, that's the way I like to think about it. You eat your dinner with them. You pray that it's going to be <laughs> dick. That you, you pray that it's going to be some good, clean dick. Okay, there, there you go. And then you fuck. And they go to work. <laughs> okay. Where you say daddy and a few other things. Um, <laughs> it's been so long since I called a man daddy. And- <laughs> um, anyways. Oh <laughs> All right. <God>. So, <laughs> so Fonz, are you ready? I'm ready, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, you can only choose one to eat for the rest of your life. What would it be? A, Jermaine. Jerk chicken rasta pasta. B, oxtail with rice and cabbage. C, curry chicken. D, roti. Final oh, answer. I'm going to go with oxtail. Like, that's just my weakness. That's my kryptonite. It needs to be something I avoid, and I've tried to. Believe me, I've tried to, but I had oxtail last night. <laughs> I'm probably going to have it. And I'm, I need to relax. I'm probably gonna have it tomorrow, not today, you know, skip a day. But yeah, I still I mean, who are you skipping for? I don't know. <laughs> for me, for me. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So oxtail with rice and cabbage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. I like oxtail. My only thing is I feel like it's kind of similar to almost like the way I feel about crab legs. I just feel like it's a lot of work for a little bit of piece of meat. I can, but it's the reward, just like with crab legs, the reward is worth the work. You know what I mean? Like anything worth having is worth fighting for. And that's how I feel about oxtail. You know what I mean? The meat is so tender. And I, I feel like I speak for all of us when I say we love tender meat. Come on. So tender, flavorful, flavorful meat. Um, you know, that's just part of my ministry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mm, Y'all got me cutting up, child. Oh, tender me. Mm. I oh, miss tender me. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next question. Beyonce calls and tells you she is arriving for dinner in 30 minutes and wants to go to a restaurant in Crown Heights. Where are you taking her? 
I am taking Beyonce to a black owned bar and restaurant called Tilly's, which is, it's actually not quite in Crown Heights. It's in Bed-Stuy. Um, have you been to Tilly's? I love Tilly's. The owner is also Trinidadian. Um, the rum punch is amazing. They have really good food. They play amazing music and Beyonce would have a really good time with me. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Come on, Tilly. <laughs> That's my favorite spot. They got good brunch too. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we lo- look, the dad loves brunch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She don't love nothing else. <laughs> um, d- doesn't even need the alcohol. But anyways, um, Amber, where are you taking Beyonce in your local ne- in your neighborhood? Um, so I live near Farron, basically, but I'm taking I'm taking her. I'm taking her to get them biscuits. Awesome. I, t- I know I talk about this like in every single episode, but like it's okay. Place called Brown and Butter. It's on. Oh! Uh, <laughs> you see, you see why I said it. You see why I said it. They're black on too, right? They are black on my yes. uh, my old landlord is my old landlord's ex wife that owns it. Yes. Um, and so it's on Tompkins, like near Jefferson. And that also is a very nice spot where we can go to a bunch of like cute black owned places. Like there's a furniture place called Peace and Riot. That's really beautiful. Um, We can like go and like shop around in like some of the other uh, spaces, but Brown and Butter is popping. They got the best biscuits in tri-state area. So shout out to them. I've been meaning to try that. That was on my list. Yeah, Brown and Butter is very good. Um, But yeah, uh, Haitian woman owns it. I want to be clear that I know that Amber does bring up these biscuits regularly <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I want to be clear that she is not lying. Okay, Amber <laughs> brought me this biscuit one time in a, a in a when I was in a space. <laughs> is this your testimony? Like, yes, I was in a space where I was like, Amber, I don't think I can get up off this couch. Like I'm on the couch, I need to get up off the couch. Because we got to go to Harlem to record this episode, and then I need to get on a plane oh my God. and go home. But I don't think I can get off this couch. Amber came and got me in the Uber, and she had the biscuit ready for me. Oh That's a God. friend. Okay, okay. And I want <laughs> you not, not only did she have, not only did she come and get me in the Uber, she had the biscuit ready for me. <laughs> the biscuit she, was ready. The biscuit was ready. And she put, she handed it to me in this white paper. And I remember unfolding and I was looking and like, it kind of like, I really want to say it like glowed. Like it had like, <laughs> like, like the butter had a glowing essence to it on top of the biscuit. And I took one bite and I was like, this is a biscuit. <laughs> like this is yeah. a biscuit. Yeah. And I'm not generally impressed by many things. <laughs> Especially not things in New York because everybody's like, oh, this is the best and this is the best. Yeah. Same. When I tell you this biscuit, in the words of first season Tamar Braxton, this biscuit is completely different. Okay. <laughs> like this biscuit. Mm, mm. Shout, out, shout out to that Haitian. Shout out butter. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to them. Shout out to that Haitian woman who has Southern. So, so I don't know what. I didn't know Haitians ate biscuits. But. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The diaspora is like, we're all connected. We are. <laughs> we're so different. We're so like, be- we're not a monolith. We're so beautiful and, and so different and so diverse. 
And so like, I it, it was, it was kind of news to me that like people in the South ate oxtail regularly. My yeah. family's from the West Indies, like South America and stuff. And so like, I grew up on that, but like when I was talking to the people when I moved to Atlanta and like, that's like a regular thing for some of them too. I'm like, oh, this, we, <laughs> we do this. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. So yeah. Come on, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, speaking of your family being from South America, um, perfect segue. What is your favorite Venezuelan dish? Dish, um, wow, dish. Why do I? So growing up in the house, we didn't eat a lot of traditionally Venezuelan food. We had a lot of traditional Trinidadian food. Um, but patalitos is like, you can't go wrong with a good patalito. It's like a basically a beef patty. Um, you can stuff it with whatever you want. Pause. Um, but it, it's, I typically like... <laughs> I feel like it's always going to be a sexual innuendo, but I, I liked it stuffed with beef. <laughs> I like, I like it stuffed with beef. Um, and I like it to be very moist and, you know, tender. Mm. Um, so that, that's mine. That's mine. I too like to be stuffed. <laughs> um, I set myself up for a that girthy, one. <laughs> a girthy beef. Um, with a little bit of curve. Oh my um, god! But anyways, uh, <laughs> all right. So, what is one Caribbean dish that folks would be surprised to learn you don't like? Um, that's kind of hard because I like everything. <laughs> but um, my parent growing up, my parents liver. And I just don't fuck with liver. I don't like the, um, just like the texture. It doesn't like break down the way like other meats break down when you start to eat it. And it just makes me feel all fucked up in the head. Um, so I don't really like liver, but that's like the one thing that I could think of. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had liver. Like I've always like been scared to try it. Like I've always been like, no. Mind you, it's healthy for you, but like, <laughs> I could do without that it. Sense. That makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that was Caribbean either. You know, the diaspora, you, like you said, the diaspora. <laughs> just... Nothing surprises me anymore. It's like, oh, y'all do that too? Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I've actually had it. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's, I want to say it's, I want to say it's like grainy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like a grainish, but it's a meat still. It's a meat. Yeah, it's just but I don't it, like the way it breaks down. Mm-mm. Yeah, she's not, she not it. She's not it. The boy. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you this question too, Savoy, because my parents, I was on the we do like these Sunday calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. My parents are from Chicago. Well, my my dad is, and my mom lives there, and um they were eating Garrett's popcorn and I don't like the cheese and the caramel together. Like, I'm like, I think that that's like nasty and I only eat the cheese. (laughs) I don't like the caramel popcorn. And so my parents were saying that ain't black. So, so (laughs) I know they were trying to tell me I, I wasn't black because I ain't like that. And then my mom was like, the blackest of the black. Okay. (laughs) She was like, and you don't eat watermelon. Oh, hell no. You, you really ain't black. So, what it what dish is that like that was like your family like were they like what's wrong with you for not eating that um 
Or do you have one? I don't think I have one per se. Like you, I don't. I won't say that I don't like Garrett's cheese and caramel. Uh-huh. But what I will say is I always like, I'm like just a little caramel, not a lot. <laughs> I mostly want cheese, but I do every once in a while, I do want just like a little bit of sweetness. <laughs> not so much that it's overpowering because they can get, the, the caramel just, can become just too much. And it's just like, whoa, uh, I didn't need all this. That sounds um, good. Hmm? That sounds really good. It, it is. Garrett's is, is good. Garrett's <laughs> Garrett is that girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that girl. Um, yeah, there is nothing that I can think of that at the moment. Yeah. That's okay. Well, according to my mama, you wouldn't be black either with your little bitty caramel. Um <laughs> they be making shit up okay just to bully me that's really it they you know what that that is true (laughs) your family does like to troll you this is (laughs) that that is a state um okay so fonz in the history of your cooking experience what has been your greatest dish contribution to family functions i make some damn good jerk ribs Um, I also make really good potato salad. Um, I pride myself on my potato salad just as much as I pride myself on my ribs. But my potato salad more so because it is very common to hear within the Black community, I don't eat just anybody potato salad. Mm -hmm. And recently I had like a little Galentine's, Palentine's day with my my friends, my best friends. And my best friend will eat everybody potato salad. And Mm -hmm. he had mine for the first time and he fucking loved it. And so, you know, Got to flip my hair on that one because, you know, I just turn them out. <laughs> nice. I like that. The yeah. red and the it's really good. Mm. <laughs> I had that. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I really love ribs. This is like my favorite food. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, ribs. Shout mm. out to the ribs. Um, all right. So now we're going to jump into pray. Mm-hmm. We start praying the same way. Every episode is never changed. What is your passion? My passion is storytelling. Um, and I say storytelling because like obviously I like I like writing a lot. Um, but more so like I just I like the journey of like telling somebody a story or even hearing people's stories. Um, and that's how I connect with other people. Um, but as I already told you guys, like that storytelling passion of mine is manifesting itself into different mediums. And so storytelling through music is going to be something I'm, I'm trying. Um, and hopefully, who knows what else comes after that. But, you know, just really creating things and having a, a really nice story behind it so that people can connect to. Um, that's my passion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I identify with storytelling for sure. Yeah. Um, what Black queer artists are you currently ins- are currently inspiring you, and why? Um, so, okay, I'm very proud to say that, like, I've been standing <laughs> um, Warren, his EP "Glitter on Fire." I hope I didn't like 
say it the wrong title, but I'm pretty sure it's called Glitter on Fire. It it goes, and I think it's like five or six tracks. It's a few tracks. Um, but he is one of the many Black queer artists, sorry, that I know of who just deserves. Um, his work is amazing. His music is, is just so good. And he's a, a really nice person. Um, Drix is another person I, I applaud um, his talent. It's absolutely nuts. Amorphous. I love Amorphous. I've been friends with Jameer for a couple years now. Um, he went to full sale just like I did. Um, and you see where he is now. Like he's on the radio. You know what I mean? And I want that for everybody. <laughs> I want that for all of us. Um, because we really do push the culture forward. And so, um, you know, to have talent like that on the front lines and not on the back ends and in the shadows um, is where we need to be. So I was today years old. I did not know Morpheus was queer. Oh, the more the more you know. Look, I can't. And I'm not it. outing. I'm not outing anybody. This is. I I I, I, know, I know you wasn't out. I, <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. I knew you wasn't outing nobody. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know. So now I can add him to a, a, a the list of rich niggas I can possibly get with. Oh my god! You see, <laughs> strategy, strategy. Wait. So you said Warren? How do you spell that? It's spelled W U H R Y N. And this one, he knows I go, I had to take my glasses off for this one. He knows I go up for this one song on the EP called Ride. And it's just like, like beautiful R&B. Like his tone is really nice. His, his, his skill is just, it's awesome. And I'm so excited to see where he goes next with this. Look, I need some new, I need some new R&B male artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they lacking. Yeah. Too many right now that I actually fuck with. Just like five. Um, compared to the 20 million right. RB girls <laughs> I'm currently standing. There's like five. Oh um, child, the women. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Shout out again to Jasmine Sullivan. Um okay. just, beca- just because. Just because. Just because. Okay. Um, in what ways has art and being creative saved or changed your life? Um, I've always said that I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. Um, before I was able to really articulate myself and my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions and stuff verbally, I used to like to write things down. Writing has always been very cathartic. Um, and so it, in a lot of ways, art or just being creative, creativity has been my buffer between myself and making bad decisions. Um, And I'm glad I have that because uh, a lot of people don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to um, stack my praises against anybody else, but I, you know, it's, it's a reality. A lot of people just kind of fly off the handle when, when life gets tough. Um, And we've all been there. We know what that's like, but, you know, writing and, and just, Creativity in general has has been a huge lifesaver. Okay. I will say that, like, since I, like, at the, like, once the depression, like, when my depression really started to get the best of me, I started journaling. Like, Mm -hmm. like, in the fall of 2017, I have have to say that, like, journaling has definitely saved a bitch. 
um, it's definitely helped me to just kind of like organize my thoughts and just get things or even just really a lot of times I'd be journaling and then something will come up that I was like, oh, I didn't know I felt that way. Right. Look at that bitch. Oh, 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 oh. look at me feeling yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, so I can totally agree with you. Like sometimes just the idea of like writing, it helps you. It's not even that necessarily you can't say it for me per se that I can't say it, but I didn't know I even had it in me. Mm-hmm. So but through journaling and writing, <clears throat> I'll be able to be like, oh. I feel this way about this. Right. Um, mm, I'm sorry. I just had a moment where I felt some way about something else this week. Um, Write it down. I, I, it's okay. I, I, I spoke it to multiple people. Um, and it actually was because it was it was um, triggered by, this, by, by the group in this next question. Um, so... <laughs> The segways are on point. <laughs> okay, okay. The segways are on point. All right. <laughs> she um, knows what she's doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to use three words to describe Black gay Twitter, what would what would <laughs> what would those three words be? Oh, oh, three words. Look, look. You see how I'm looking deeply into the camera now. <laughs> I know. I know you are. Um, vibrant would be one of them yes vibrant <laughs> um unpredictable um but amy fox okay albeit beautiful so those would be my three vibrant unpredictable, unpredictable. beautiful beautiful there's so much that you can take from those three but i just you know package it in that support <laughs> You're like, bitch, (laughs) please. Uh, No, no, no. So I want to be clear, and I'm going to get real, real honest um, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Black Gay Twitter. It has been, I think one of my words would be affirming for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It has definitely um, helped me realize that I am not the only one in terms of some of my thoughts and my feelings and my concerns. Um, I know that I have also personally, I've used it as a space of comparison. So I have kind of, I can be very clear in saying that it's something I've used and made it a negative um, because I started to be, I started to, because I wasn't really in a place where I knew my worth. I started using it as a place where I would compare like, oh, this person has this, but I don't have this, mainly in terms of like phys- physicality. Um, so I made it a negative per se, and I don't necessarily think that like anybody necessarily pushed that on me per se, although we all know that there are, there's a hierarchy sometimes within it. Um, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, we'll talk about that another day. Um, and and yeah, so like I said, it can be a very affirming place. And I, I found a lot of times that there are a lot of times there are other black gay men, um, who feel the same way I feel. Um, and, but then there are times where I'm just like, y'all are a bunch of fuck niggas and y'all should just keep y'all opinions to yourselves. Um, so it's a good balance. Yeah. But there's been a lot of times where I was just like, girl, 
please. Just know. You need a break. Yes, you need a break. But also, I think, so the thing, one of the reasons that I was pissed off this week is because I think a lot of times the girls don't have range. And I'm not saying that they're not doing it, but they're not doing it. And they they don't have the range. And I think one thing I have learned from this podcast in particular, from the guests that we've had is like, sometimes it's just best to listen because you don't, you don't know everybody's experience and you can't speak on someone's experience. Like my experience as a black queer man is very different from the experience of a black trans man mm-hmm. who might be queer. Um, so there, there's just like, there are certain things I can speak to and there are certain things I can't speak to. And I find that a lot of times that, not a lot of times, but I find that sometimes the girls lack range but they think that they don't. So they speak on things that they really can't speak on. For instance, if you have a six pack, I really don't want to hear your thoughts on black on fat phobia within the black gay community. If you have a six pack, I don't really care. Um, yeah. I'm just being honest. Like that's, I don't want to hear your thoughts on it because you, you don't, you're, this is not your space. You don't have the range. Now, maybe if you were maybe big at one point in time, and I mean big, because you know, sometimes the girls, the girls take, you know, the girls be like, oh, I had a little bit of pouch. I know what oh, the, the no, 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 no. I mean, if your cheeks didn't look like chipmunks <laughs> when they holding the nuts, <laughs> oh my God. you wasn't fat. Just no, like, it's just know your range. That's I think all. that's the interesting thing about Twitter, like in general, but exactly. You know, but, but when it comes to like different like communities, like you you have you have the problems that persist in real life, like playing out in digital form. Um, when it comes to like black queer issues, I think there's a lot of things that can't really be spoken about or dissected properly on Twitter because everybody is gonna step on their soapbox and about every issue and not every issue is yours to step on your soapbox for, you know what I mean? So like finding that balance between not necessarily minding your business because it is, it is we can all learn something from communities that we're not a part of, sub communities that we're not a part of. So if you're gonna make it your business, make it your business to learn, make it your business to be quiet, make it your business to take in information um, and you know, be an advocate where you need to be an advocate, but like, there's just always too much like clashing of like opinions and then these opinions are being like taken to heart and and i fall you know i fall into that shit sometimes too and like same you know like i'm not i'm not above it you know i i need to be but we all you know we're all learning and so um yeah twitter's but twitter in general is not some conversations I want to introduce my damn self and I just be like, this is not the place. This is not the space. This ain't the time. It never will be, you know, I can, you know, Come on, it never will. Be. <laughs> it never, it just never will be. Um, but I would gladly have some of those conversations like with friends or even with, with strangers just offline. Yes. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> and I guess that's the, sometimes I guess that's the frustrating part is because you want to have these conversations on this platform because there's so many like um there's so many people and there's so many who come with their different experiences so sometimes you just 
you want to have these conversations, but like you said, they're not necessarily, that's not always the space to have certain conversations. So that's right. why I just bring them to the podcast. Right. Oh. You created your own platform. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh, oh. We're going to talk about what I want to talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So the next question, what would you say is the biggest difference between New York City gays and Atlanta gays? <laughs> recently, you, you recently lived in Atlanta for some time. I did. So um, you, you had your, you, you know, you're from Brooklyn, you know the New York City gays, but you recently came in con regular contact with Atlanta gays. So I just um, want to know what you feel like are the biggest differences. So I will say, like, I want to start by saying I love Atlanta. Like, I really do. Um, the reason that I went there is not the reason why I stayed. And I'm so glad that that is the case because I got to experience Atlanta outside of like a very shitty relationship I was in. And because I got at, to experience Atlanta in that way, I built like a bit of a tribe on my own while I was there. Um, and I've, I've made friends who, you know what I mean, would help me out if I ever needed help, would talk to me if I ever needed to be talked to, would ride for me if I needed somebody to ride for me. Um, but, <laughs> you know, one thing I will say I've experienced in Atlanta that I didn't experience too much in New York was like a lot of people are just a lot more catty down there. This is my experience. Um, and so the like the drama that ensued within Atlanta um, seemed to be a lot more prevalent and a lot more like a lot more expected. You just expected it to happen more, or at least I did, um, versus, especially in social scenes, like going out to bars and clubs and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't in comparison, again, from my experience, I feel like I have to say this often, um, it wasn't as much as, as out here. Um, and sometimes it made me look at Atlanta as like, oh, like y'all really get it popping out here, like, oh shit. But then at times it's like, I really miss home. <laughs> Cause like you don't want to experience it all the time, but um, I mean you know, to each city their own. <laughs> right, each city got their their different sports. Like I will say that what I do like about Atlanta is that I find just down south in general, I find that people are a little more open to, or a little more relationship driven versus I think New York City is very much a single city. Like. It's all about like, how long can you be single and stay single? And I think for me, I'm more just like, I, I really want to know what Anita Baker was talking about in Body and Soul. I don't, okay. I don't, like, I don't want to know what City Girls is talking about. All <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> like, sometimes I want to know what the City Girls, like, I want to know what it feels like to have a nigga buy me a Birkin. <laughs> but I also want him to be my man. So it's very conflicting. Um, I also will say, I didn't realize like how drawn to Southern men I was until down there because the way Southern men sweet talk you is so different from the way Northern men sweet talk you. Southern men will make you feel so charmed. And so, you know what I mean? It's just so on the nose with how they speak to you. Like the mm -hmm. baby and the sweetness and they love they appreciate the body <laughs> the way the body needs to be appreciated. And then up here, it's just a different tune. It's a different tune. And like, because I'm from here, I've, I can also say I like that too. I like the, you know, hard approach. Um, 
but I like the soft approach too. I like the gentle, like, you know, sweet talk me, woo me, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I think going back to your, like, in your experience with like New York being like not as catty as uh, Atlanta, I feel like that's probably because in the South too, in general, like it's very much so everybody's in everyone's business and it's a smaller city. Like it's like one of those things where, you know, cause my mom's from the South. And so like her side of the family is very much so like, we telling everybody business it's gossipy you know but i see i live for some guy i don't like being gossip but like i live to hear some gossip so like but that's kind of how it is you know like it's a very much so like it's a smaller town i mean you know atlanta's a city but it's a smaller town and like new york is very much like i stay in my lane i stay in my business don't talk to me like y'all have seen everything done everything like you let uh, people be them and be in their space and not saying that it's not catty here because it is in different ways but I think that's I think that's just kind of like the I think that might be a part of like the culture of like southern culture and New York culture like New York you don't even look at people in the street like in Atlanta like that's how I know I'm in Atlanta like if as soon as I hit Hartsfield and people are like hey baby you know like saying talking to me like I'm like oh like I'm in the south again you know so it's yeah it's, just it's like, a very different vibe for sure and i think what like to what you said amber like new york is a city that teaches you not to be in people business like new york is the only city where like you will watch somebody getting their ass beat and you will continue to walk on by like that ain't my problem <laughs> um and like anywhere else you call them the police like <laughs> or you trying to step in or whatever the case may be but new york like you like, uh-uh, this, that, that, like, so it's so much that you have to kind of put on blinders for. Yeah. That I think that is, that is, that's very much a New York thing. And then it's hard to get out of that because I think it almost like, I definitely think New York just in my 11 years of living there just definitely hardened me in a way that I didn't necessarily want. Mm. Um, so I think that might be the reason for some of all the softness and vulnerability, but that's a whole nother topic for another okay, day. Okay. Also, I would like to just say that Amber, aka Milan, aka a messy bitch that lives for drama. Love it. Live, <laughs> live, live for it. Okay? A messy bitch that lives I for live drama. For the mess. I let me, but let me hear it. I don't want to be a part of it, but like, let me hear it all, because like it's oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> Storytelling is my passion. Too. Okay. <laughs> I am done. <laughs> no. That <laughs> uh, storytelling is my passion too. Oh, okay. So I was just talking to Fonz about this. What uh, Fonz has a beautiful dog named Aspen, yeah. and so cute. I don't like the cutest dog ever. Okay. So how has this changed the way you view? love and kindness like having a dog and becoming a dog dad how has that changed um that's such an interesting question I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day I didn't realize until I got Aspen how much like I needed Aspen um so I was on the market for like a short-haired like non-shedding male dog like I I have 
I want to be a dad someday. And I see myself with three sons. Like I've had dreams about it. I have their names picked out. Um, but as parenting goes, you don't sometimes get what you plan for, but you just have to be prepared for it. And so I was like looking and dogs these days are so expensive. Um, and then one random day, um, one of the security guards had told a coworker that he was like, breeding these puppies and then they had like two left and they just so happened to be girls long story short i fell in love with her um but i definitely see that like what having a dog and being a dog dad is i've had dogs before but it's my first time like being a dog dad um that loyalty is unmatched that loyalty is unmatched that happiness is unmatched you know what i mean she has her little moments where she wants to be a spoiled princess and I gotta, okay? Cause it's still parenting at the end of the day after discipline. I don't beat her, but like, I have to be stern. Um, but like the way your pet loves on you and like, you know what I mean? Like you just have to experience it to, to really get it, but it's it's beautiful. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to like going on adventures with her. Like I'm such an outdoorsy person. And like this pandemic doesn't help anything. Um, she actually helps with all of the anxiety that this pandemic has brought. But like, I want to go on like hiking trips and I'm looking forward to taking her with me and like going to the beach and taking her with me. And yeah, she's she's my, my little buddy. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Where are you hiking? Um, I wanted to go upstate. Okay. Um, like upstate New York is so beautiful getting outside of the city, but also being local at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a whole bunch of different trails out there that I want to explore. <laughs> nice. Okay. So um, we were talking about this a little bit. You obviously are a New Yorker, you're West Indian. Mm -hmm. um, how has like both of those like cultures shaped your identity, like growing up as a gay youth? Um, so I grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and the the ways that like it's such a melting pot of like different West Indian spots, like different islands and stuff. Um, but homophobia runs rampant <laughs> throughout. You know what I mean? Despite where you come from, where you hail from, um, and so experiencing that within a city that is already characterized as being hard and being tough. Like I had to learn how to have tough skin. So growing up, um, people, I, I, I can't really say that I was bullied because I used to like fight the fuck back. You know what I'm saying? But people did try me. People did tease me about a lot of things, especially when it came to um, mannerisms that I didn't necessarily associate with the sexuality. So like a lot of people were calling me names like and, and labeling me as gay before I really had a chance to sit down with myself and identify as such um and I was I was fighting off homophobia before I even realized what my sexuality was um but one thing it did teach me at an early age was how to defend myself um and a, I guess a tough reality is that like especially as black gay men um and as a black gay West Indian man, like I'm probably gonna spend the rest of my life defending myself against somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm okay with that because there's a lot, there are a lot of, you know, people who, who can't, 
and I'm I'm fully prepared and and ready and willing to step up to the plate for other people who are who happen to be black and queer, you know what I mean? Who who haven't really found that that drive to be themselves, you know what I mean? Like we have to encourage that. And if I have we if we have to build this outer shell, this is how I see it. If we have to build this outer shell to bigotry, you know what I mean? And essentially harden ourselves in certain ways um, that can only be a benefit because there are some people who can't do that. You know what I mean? And like, that's where the community aspect really comes in for me. So seeing how, um, even through Twitter, this is one of the beautiful sides of <laughs> black gay Twitter. Like I see the advocacy. A lot of, I see a lot of people writing for black trans women and I love that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I've learned a lot through that movement in and of itself. And so, you know, it's, it's been, um, it's been a very interesting just upbringing. <laughs> it's been a very tough upbringing. Like I said, people have tried me more times than I'm comfortable admitting. Um, but it, I see it as character building because I'm still here um, and I'm a very strong person. <laughs> Despite what some might believe, I'm very kind and very nice, but I'm not no pussy. And, um, you know, that has taught me that. <laughs> Aries, right? I'm an Aries. Yep. My birthday's coming up. Yes. Happy birthday or pre-birthday. But like, <laughs> y'all, that's, I feel like y'all are the ones that are ready to fight. Like, like you're chill, but like you, you will fight and y'all. I hate like, saying that too. Cause it's like, I like, it's not like I'm looking for it. I don't like, if you know me, you know, I don't look for stuff like that, but I also, I'm not going to run from it either. If you bring yeah. that smoke to me, like, come on. You know, and then there are people, people use your sexuality. They use, you know what I mean? Your gender, they use anything as like a grounds to go against you. And then at what point are you going to like, let people know that you're not about that bullshit? You know what I mean? Like you have to put your foot down and I choose to put my foot down now so that nobody will try me later, but they always gonna try it. <laughs> they always gonna try it. So moral of the story, never try an Aries, please. Never try an Aries. Never try an Aries. <laughs> Don't try want, what I want to say is just the, the first, the main thing that kind of, well, not the main thing, but when you say I'm not no pussy and the other Aries that I know, that is his go-to statement. <laughs> it's like, you think I'm pussy. And it's like, <laughs> how, did, how did we get here? Like The Aries? Yes, like how did we get here? And that I'm so sorry. <laughs> and that Aries is Mouse Jones. And I want to be very clear that like that's his immediate, like, no, I'm not pussy. I'm like, no one no said, one said you were pussy. Why? Hey, it, it's not, it, sometimes it's in regards to me, sometimes it's regards to mostly it's in regards to others. But I'm just like, how did you get to you not pussy off of this? Right. Like, right. Someone didn't know your favorite color. Like, that don't mean that they <laughs> Just because someone thinks your color, your favorite color is blue, does not mean they think you pussy. Like <laughs> that's not those two. Are they things from don't... New York? Yes, Mouse is from Long Long Island. It's really the. It's really that's that's the New York. That's the New York. It's <laughs> like the what? Like what? I don't know. No, stop playing with me. <laughs> Every Aries I know be. Oh really? <laughs> Maybe like thank you, Amber. Like everyone's like, like, no, coast like, to coast. I love, I love, I love them. I'm a fire sign too, but like I just would be like, 
<laughs> Are you a Leo? Yeah, I'm a Leo. Yes. I love Leo women. My mom's a Leo woman. Shout out to your mama. Like y'all are everything. I love fire sign women in general. So, <laughs> but yeah, like Aries be ready to fight. And I just be like, oh damn. I be because I forget sometimes because y'all be chilling and then all of a sudden y'all be ready and I'll be like, oh right. I forget. <laughs> To come out. Oh, 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 we're, you're ready now. Okay. Oh, gotcha. okay. Nice us. Just be nice to us. Oh, we ask. Ah. Um, and you kind of spoke about this in the last question, but as somebody who embraces their feminine energy, in my opinion, what biases, what biases do you feel you encounter within the Black gay community, both romantically and socially? Hmm. I think embracing my femininity has come with definitely one drawback I can think of is like sometimes people associate me with like femininity like totally so that when I like express like boyish things like liking boyish things it almost comes off as a surprise and I'm like no like you know I like doing I, it's just it's <laughs> I need people to understand like it's 2021 putting someone in a box is only going to make you gag it's not going to make me gag I don't ever want to be put in a box I don't ask to be put in a box I like so many different things I vocalize the many things that I like so that people don't associate me with one thing you know what I mean like we we grow and we learn different things and then when it comes to like masculine and feminine energies I feel like that's just how I live my life naturally like, I love high heel boots. I love high heel boots. I want to buy so many, you know what I mean? But I also like video games. Like, you know, like, it's just, but at the same time, people are so surprised by that. But it's like, girls play video games too. You know what I mean? Girls play sports. Like, get please get free. What did we say on, people say on Twitter? Like, release yourself from the shackles of, like, when people say shit like that. <laughs> release yourselves from the shackles of like this dated way of thinking. You know what I mean? If you're going to be surprised that somebody is into something, be surprised because for anything other than superficial reasons, you know what I mean? And those are many different superficial reasons I can think of, but just relax. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, come on, relax. 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 <laughs> Word to Ari. Another Aries. Oh, oh queen. Relax. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's funny because I was talking to one of my friends um, who is verse, and he was just saying in general that he finds that like bottoms have a hard time. Like, um, like he's like, when they see me kiki with my friends or they see me like dancing or twerking, like they immediately kind of like don't want to. And I was like, that's really sad. Like, you can't twerk. You might I be missing want... out on the best dick of your life because you want to run from him because he's twerking. Right? Like, <laughs> come on. And I, and I, and I want to be clear. I was, one, I was once one of those girls. So um, it was many, many years ago. I'm now reformed, but I was one of those girls. Yeah, like I grew, I grew. There was a time where, like, if you didn't have a neck tattoo <laughs> and you didn't re refer to me as yo ma when you came up to me, oh, I didn't want to talk to you. Um, like, if you didn't wear Tim's every day of the week, every day of the year, 
I didn't want to be with you. Um, but now, like I said, I'm only fucking with rich niggas. Now that's saying that rich niggas can't be thugs too. <laughs> but the main requirement, you can be feminine, masculine, whatever the fuck. I just want you to be rich. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Rich niggas only. Five, six figures. Okay. Uh, <laughs> real Birkin. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Uh, so he called his pussy Tigger. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're fine. Yeah. I'm ignorant. Okay. On um on a more serious note, um, on December 2nd, 2019, you tweeted that you had attempted suicide three times due to being diagnosed with HIV this that same year. Can you tell us what was going on in your mind at that time? And, and since then, how have you begun to heal? Um, okay, so let me just preface this by saying that like when I tweeted that, I, I don't regret tweeting it. Um, As you should. Yeah, what came from it was like something absolutely completely beautiful. But when I tweeted that, like, I was really in a state of mind where I felt like I did not have anybody. I didn't have anybody. And I wasn't really thinking of it. Like, you have X amount of followers on Twitter. Just talk to them. It was just like, I like I said, I like to write. And sometimes Twitter operates as my stream of consciousness. So if I'm thinking about something randomly, like, I'll, t- I'll tweet it like as, as as anybody does you know what I mean um but in that time it was just a lot going on and I felt like I'd hit rock bottom once again um 2019 was like it was just like the year from hell um and I sort of slipped into it when <laughs> I met someone who I thought was good for me and um throughout the year i saw reason after reason after reason why he wasn't um i treaded away from speaking on it so much because i felt like being passive about his ways um helped me maintain my control in my relationship but in hindsight, and we all know hindsight is twenty twenty. I was in something very abusive. I was dealing with somebody who was very abusive, who was very manipulative, um, was very toxic. And, you know, based off of things that may or may not have happened in his life early on, this is who I was dealing with. Um, the relationship just was not like what I would wish on anybody because... I dealt with a lot of verbal, like, abuse. Um, we would have arguments about, <laughs> like, the dumbest things. And I'm not, I'm so not a combative person. Um, and it's sometimes that's so bad that, like, with him, I didn't even feel the need to defend myself most times when he was coming at me because I would have to put myself in a position to kind of see through this like venomous speech that he would use on me and say to myself, okay, well, you know, he's been through this and he's been through a lot. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, he still loves you. And, you know, but that's not, you, you, you shouldn't rationalize abuse just because you love somebody. You shouldn't be experiencing abuse from somebody you love. Um, 
And I, you know, subsequently throughout that year had become someone who was, I was myself, but at the same time, it, it's like the Hitchcock effect. I don't know if you guys know what the Hitchcock effect is, but if you watch Jaws, that infamous scene where he's on the beach and he notices the shark in the water and the camera kind of like zooms in and pans out at the same time. I felt like that was what life was for me. Like things were coming and going at speeds that I could not control. And I was like in this like emotional limbo. Um, the first time I had attempted suicide was when I found out I was positive. And, um, you know, not to go too much into detail about that, but my state of mind was just like, it was like emptiness that I hadn't really felt before. And I'd, I'd felt emptiness, I, you, know, I, you know, black and queer, it's like such a common thing for a lot of us to go through. Um, but that was more so in my youth and that was due to, you know, other types of toxic relationships. Um, but it was never to the point where I had brought myself to the action. Um, and I, you know, to be in like a, a state of mind where you feel like taking your own life is just as easy as turning off a light switch or taking a shirt off or taking out the trash. Like that's not anything to just sit on. You know what I mean? And I was with him <laughs> for the, like I found out I was positive and I was alone when I found out. Um, like I didn't even have my, my boyfriend there and he wasn't there because I didn't want him to be there. And I didn't want him to be there because he was like being really, really like disrespectful to me, like for the entire day. Um, and so this is something that I wish I had the support of my, you know, significant other for, but I was alone. Um, and I ended up turning to my best friends, which I would have done anyway, but it was, it was just really bad. And so like anything, the suicide attempts, like following that was just a result of the same thing, feeling like, you know, I have nothing else to really feel like I can put effort towards. I'm putting my 200% and then some into someone who is going to constantly bash and berate me, um, you know, and, and bring all these problems into my life, into my doorstep, you know, un unwarranted. So I, I didn't really feel like my efforts in any area of my life, because I was also struggling, like, financially I was also struggling with the job and I'm struggling with this person who I'm trying to love and I'm trying to like understand and he just is not letting me I, it like you know I was going to sleep with someone and not knowing who I would wake up next to in the morning and so you know it was just it was like a hopelessness that I hope to never feel again um it's been an interesting journey, honestly, like this whole healing process because it's not linear, you know? Um, and I don't think experiencing something like that would ever really like clear my conscience. Like I won't, it's always gonna exist somewhere and it's always going to pop up and spring up at times that I least expect it. Um, 
but I'm okay with that because I'm not in that situation anymore. And that situation was uncontrollable. You know what I mean? Um, my situation, my life right now, free of him and free of people like him is controllable. And when I started tweeting those things, the beautiful thing that that happened thereafter was a lot of people were so nice. A lot of people were so kind. A lot of people were, a lot of black gay Twitter was so comp, like, you know what I mean? Like it just felt like being hugged in the way that you needed to be hugged. And I needed a fucking hug that day. You know what I mean? I was sitting in the middle of Waffle House with the rest of my shit, with all of my shit in my friend's trunks. Shout out to Sensei, I love her so much. Um, but all of my stuff was sitting in her trunk and she was you know, doing the best she can to help me. And that was the last day I, I was in Atlanta you know, for a short period of time. Um, but yeah, people were, People were incredibly sweet. Um, in fact, shout out to my friend, my really good friend, KJ. Um, he took a lot of the things that people said the day that I tweeted that, and he put it in this really nice book. And I look at it, this book is by my bedside, like it's on my, and like when I have my moments, cause I do like, you know, I just look at the really nice things people have to, have had to say in my darkest time, and and you don't you don't understand the power of social media until something like that happens, or at least I didn't. I'll speak for myself. Um, that's when I really understood that like people cannot know you; <laughs> they don't have to know you, but they will be there for you. You know what I mean? And I needed I needed that, and I needed it in in the amount that I got it and I'm still getting it to this day so like when I really think about it what do I have to to truly be sad about I made it out of that situation alive after trying to take my own life three different times you know what I mean if I can do that <laughs> you know what I mean what what else can really can really put me in a situation to incapacitate myself and um it's important for me to look at that as once again character building like i don't hold any ill will towards him i actually genuinely do hope he's doing fine um because i think the best kind of karma is for a bad person to become a good person because all the bad shit that you did will weigh on your conscience and that is something that like no one can take from you when you are really like sitting in the shit that you've done to somebody and like it's eating you up that's what i want for him <laughs> um and i feel like it's happening you know some he's burned a lot of bridges he's not really a, he wasn't a good person to me um he wasn't a good person to a lot of people and that's all i'll say about him but i'm 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 you know doing good now I just graduated with my MFA. I started that journey when I was with him um, and I ended that journey without him. And I have a really nice apartment. I just got a nice dog. I have a wonderful job. Like, <laughs> you know, when God makes a way, he makes a way. Um, but I also give myself credit for making that way too because faith without works is dead. And I give credit to my friends and family and I give, you know, 
credit to people like y'all who are interested in knowing how stuff like this happens because it's not an overnight thing. It's been almost two years. You know what I mean? It's been almost two years and I still, you know, have my moments, but it's, it's all good. I'm good. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That was, I, it was very much so like, I definitely can relate to it. And uh, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that type of person. Um, but I'm glad that you are able to kind of like get out of that. I know it's like suicide, suicide, feeling suicidal can feel very isolating. And a lot of times you feel like you don't have anybody, even if you, even if you know that you have friends and family yeah. that will be there for you. And even if your friends and family are like, girl, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> we are here for you. Yeah. But like in that, in that moment, you can't think of that. And like for people who are feeling like that, sometimes you have to like, you have to like tell someone, someone, um, cause it's, it's hard. It's very hard. And, um, I love your friend KJ that like literally made me cry. That's so beautiful. Um, He's amazing. it's the same, like I, uh, I struggle depression. I've been suicidal before. I'm not suicidal currently. Thank the Lord. Um, but that is something that is very helpful. Like I have, my brother wrote me a, like a letter and I have it like in on my <laughs> refrigerator, like, and I don't even think he knows that how important that was to me. He was just, he was just sending me a t-shirt of his podcast. And yeah. like, it was like, Hey Amber, you're like the best sister ever or whatever. And like, just it's longer than that. But like, just seeing that every day sometimes like helps me like carry on. And like, so just, suicide is very isolating and very negative and sometimes like the gratitude of like just like what you said as far as like the things that you have even the little bitty things can like help when you're feeling your lowest and I just I just appreciate you sharing that because it's really hard and I know I don't know it's it gets easier definitely and like you said it's not linear like it's not like okay this happened so this happened so this happened like sometimes doing the right thing hurts and <laughs> sometimes it like hurts even more when you let things go that aren't good for you and um but it does it does get better so I appreciate you I really appreciate you thank you I appreciate you too for telling me but I appreciate both y'all <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. I think it's interesting though, because in that situation, the the what caused him to be so, I don't know if uh, I'm trying to phrase this the right way. He became very vicious toward me the more I spoke about what was going on in my relationship, but I couldn't talk about the going ons of my relationship with him so that we can make things better because he does not know how to take accountability. You know what I mean? Like it was just such a, he's a walk, he was a walking paradox. And like the magnitude of like stress that I was under because I, communication is my thing. I feel like my first line of defense, let's talk, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm an Aries, no, I'm not no pussy. <laughs> but like when it comes to people I love, when it comes to people I love, I have this like, almost unlimited amount of patience and like I'm like holding my hand in the fire with him for a lot of throughout a lot of different scenarios and 
to deal with that for a year feels like more than a year. You know what I mean? And so times like I would talk to his his relatives about it and his relatives would tell me the same thing. They would use the words like him being manipulative and him, you know what I mean? And so if I'm hearing all of these things from people who know and love you more than I do, like I have to accept that this was like, this is a reality and I have to withdraw myself, but I didn't, I couldn't withdraw myself. I loved him too much. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I saw the potential, like I saw beyond the fights that was that were happening. Like I saw beyond a lot of shit, but sometimes you just have to accept the what. Sometimes you have like in an abusive relationship, no matter what the connection is, you have to just look at what is happening. Don't even try to dissect beyond it. You don't need a why because sometimes the why will give you more reason to sulk and be sad. Or sometimes the why might give you motivation to make it work when it's unworkable. Okay, like a lot of people do not deserve the amount of patience that you're willing to give them. And so cut it off, <laughs> cut it off. I wish I could go back in time and like tell myself, cut it off because I saw it early on. I saw it very early on, but I didn't, you know what I mean? And other people were wary of being around him. And I just, you know, I was, I was protecting him for a lot of different reasons, but in all of those reasons was rooted in love. You know what I mean? But love is not enough. Love is never enough. You need somebody to respect you. You need somebody to, you know what I mean, be trustworthy. You need someone who, you know what I mean, can can just make you feel like a teammate. All I wanted was my teammate. I wanted to be part of, you know, a union. Like that's how I've always looked at relationships. Like I love love. I love companionship. Um, and I, I love the idea of like having the one and finding the one. Um, and I loved it so much that I was willing to go through hell so that he can be that person, but he just isn't, he just isn't. And a lot of people are experiencing stuff like that today. You know what I mean? And I wish the absolute best because for a lot of people, it takes more than just, you know, friends and family saying like, this isn't healthy. Like my mom always says, those who don't hear will feel. I'm one of those people. Like I, I didn't really hear it until I was feeling it. Um, but you know, again, we move. So yeah. Mm. All right. I just want to say fucking. And even though you're in a better place with it, I just want to say fucking. Um, but yeah. All right. <laughs> um, last pray question. And I got this from, I got as many things to the topic of conversation, Twitter. Um, you on your little thing, you have this anime and it's mentioned something about a male princess. So what, what is a male princess? And what are three defined characteristics of any male princess? Because I've, uh. I've, <laughs> I've heard it, I feel like I am one, but I just want to know what it is for sure before so I start like, claiming it. Things that are like, inherently feminine i enjoy things that are like inherently masculine i guess i enjoy traditionally or whatever um and it goes back to like the whole masculine feminine energies thing i don't know where the name princess poppy came from but i just kind of like it <laughs> i like it a lot um i don't tell people to call me that i just you know something i threw on twitter um and then like the whole i found that anime 
picture. I don't know where I found it, but when I saw it, I was like, this is like literally like what I like. But um, I like a, a, a male princess is someone who is like not afraid to get a mani-pedi. You know what I mean? A male princess is someone who is like, likes being soft, you know what I mean? Like likes being taken care of, but also likes taking care of people, you know? Um, knows how to be sensitive, knows how to be strong, knows how to be a lot of different things, both exclusively and at once. Um, I can't really bottle that up into three different words, but you know. <laughs> this is good <laughs> when, enough. You ain't yeah, when you, when you start to like embrace it and it that that honestly has like shaped like dating too. Cause I noticed before I started to to really identify with those things, I was attracted to guys who were like, who embodied that too. Like I like guys who know how to clean up nice. I love guys who, you know, like get their nails done. I like guys who know how to be feminine because people by and large, like we know masculinity is fragile. I don't want to be with no, cause that usually comes with like a lot of shit that puts me in a place of being subservient all the time i'm not trying to you know what i mean and there are a lot of gay men who, who want that shout out to y'all not yucking your yum it's not for me so like don't approach me with like you because you're the bottom you got to be in the house cooking all the time i'm making all the money no there are women who don't follow that code of thinking anymore this is not the 1950s this is not back then and a, a lot of that is still prevalent now by choice hopefully you know it's what you choose to do but Again, don't shove me in a box. I like, I like the the almost like oxymoronic <laughs> uh, feeling that like male princess comes with, because mm. that's what I like. <laughs> yes, come on, don't put you in the box. Don't put me in the box, please. Um, you can take care of me. I don't want to work. <laughs> I just want to be clear. I don't want to work. I'm not going to be cooking or cleaning though, um, because that's what a maid and a chef is for. Um, I do plan on being on the the the, the board of multiple charities though. Okay. Um, and I also plan on having a trainer who I'll also be having sex with, um, because that's that's what Real Housewives do. Okay. <laughs> They fuck their trainers. But you see, like, even that traditional way of thinking is, like, augmented a little bit, just, like, depending on, like, your personal taste. Like, you have people who are housewives that still got side niggas. You have people who are housewives that still have jobs. You know what I mean? Like, but don't tell me what to do. What Jill Scott, an Aries woman, said, if you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and I've never met someone who could tell me what to do. Mm. So good okay. luck. <laughs> okay. Oh, good cool. luck. All right. We are <laughs> going. <laughs> it's so funny because when you said Jill Scott, I just remember her saying that and mm -hmm. understanding exactly what the fuck she was yep. like, what exactly what it meant. When she said, I say, say less. You ain't got to say nothing else, sis. I hear you. <sighs> All right. So now we're going to go into thought. Mm -hmm. um, 
if you had to create one thought affirmation, what would it be? Ooh, um, oh, fuck. One thought affirmation. I don't know. This is probably corny. We just like embrace it. Like, um, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wanted to come up with something like real wordy, like words are my thing, but like just embrace it. Um, too many. I affirm that I will embrace right. the thought. Like, it's just. Oh, I was embracing the dick. So, <laughs> either one, either one. <laughs> That's what I was taking from it. <laughs> Embrace the dick, embrace, embrace whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Embrace it. Embrace it. No. Ah, I am so done with embrace the dick. Um mm. it's been so long since I embraced the dick. Oh my- <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. This is not melting. Flashbacks you having? No, not even flashbacks. I just I want to embrace the dick for real. Like, not just like. <laughs> Yeah, everybody knows what I want at this point. Like, I just want want a man that gets me and provides me with everything I need and some, along with some phenomenal ass sex. All right. So, most recently (laughs) on social media, there was a quote being shared by Ivan Nauru that reads, "To the black, to the black boy in love with another black boy, be patient with yourself." Be patient with him. They don't teach this kind of love. When you hear this quote, what does that what does it bring up for you emotionally? Um, it brings up the relationship I was in that I just spoke about. Um, because that's where patience came from for me. Like understanding I connect with people through their stories, and sometimes those stories aren't so pleasant, and sometimes those unpleasant stories explain why people are so fucked up. But for me, just because you have fucked up ways and an unpleasant story doesn't mean you are like unworthy. Um, and I've met people who, you know, are like that, but had shown me that they had a heart of gold. And that's what I'm attracted to, like the despite all odds kind of lover. Um, but, you know, you never stray too far from who you are naturally. Like you can put up a facade as much as you would like. You can fake the funk as much as you would like, but like the true essence of who you are essentially seeps out over time. But um, yeah, we don't, but like generally, we don't have the tools. You know what I mean? There's so much unlearning that we have to do. There's so much relearning that we have to do. There's so much work that we have to do. Um, and a lot of us say it all the time, like we need to work on ourselves and at this point it's sounding cliche, but there's so much truth to it. Like as black people in general, our stories like are most times for a lot of people, this is not a blanket statement, but rooted in pain. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to our approach to love. And so we need to really figure ourselves out. Um, And that's why I say when it comes to dating, please know yourself before you get to know me. You know what I mean? Like really know who you are. Know, even know who you want to be. Know who you've been. And and be able to understand all three of those people if they are separate people. If they are different people, know all of them. Because I feel like I've mastered that and I'm still working to maintain that mastership. Um, and I just, you know, meet me on my level. 
but I'm not, I'm not because, you know, we've all been through a lot and because you might've been through a lot, I'm not gonna be patient with constant fuck ups. You know, I'm not gonna be patient with disrespect. I'm not gonna let stuff like that slide anymore. As you should. Right. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, going through it over there. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been feeling lots of things. It's 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 been lots of emotion. Um because I think the idea of like being patient with yourself and being patient with him is so interesting because it's like at what point do you stop being patient because i hate to say a lot of these niggas is fucked up <laughs> like and you're just like i know a lot there's there's a group of men out there who are not fucked up i haven't met that group of men um i'm just hoping that one of them is rich um but <laughs> um yeah they're just gay straight disabled dumb blind like they just all they just bad a lot of times but you know hopefully they working on themselves (laughs) yeah i think when fine said it earlier it's about not the why but the what like what is happening and sometimes Mm. Like if you real if you look at like okay this person is doing this 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 and it's making me feel this way then maybe that's when it's time to cut it off because sometimes yeah like like Fawn said before sometimes if you try to do the why you're like well I'll try to be patient I'll try to do these things like and sometimes it's not worth it and then hopefully that person I mean it'll hurt but you don't have to be with someone who makes you feel a certain way. You don't have to like give your patience to anyone that you, that doesn't deserve it. Like, I know we talk about like being patient with others and things like that. And it's important to do that to an extent, like be patient with someone who like, it might be hard for them to like share a feeling or something, but like, it wants they're being like emotionally abusive and like they are withdrawing themselves to be cut in for in the intent to like hurt you. Like that's when it's time to go. Like I think it's about learning when to be patient and when to cut things off. And sometimes you can you can give and give so much, but sometimes it's just like, nah. Yeah. So. That's why sometimes like I've left relationships feeling completely exhausted. Like I just ran 10 miles, you know what I mean? Like it's not supposed to feel like that. You know, feeling like being free, like Destiny's Child said, you know what I mean? Like you, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be walking on sunshine right now. Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel so sad? It's because like, I've been running on fumes trying to make shit work with people. You know what I mean? Pouring myself into you, yeah. you know what I mean? While you have given me nothing taking treading lightly with your feelings and with your emotions and with your mind while you've been dog walking me emotionally (laughs) it's not a level playing field so i'm gonna come out (laughs) fucking dragging myself you know what i mean like come on ain't nobody i don't wish that on anybody i really don't so know yourself 
Know yourself. Oh. Know your worth. Yeah. Also, I had to say to my Drake, my Drake <laughs> blend. <man. laughs> know yourself. Know your worth. <laughs> oh, like destiny fulfilled in that song. By the way, like that. Can we get into Michelle Williams' verse? Like her, that's like one of her best. <laughs> First of all, let's be clear. That's one of her best. And she has popping verses. Don't, I'm not. Michelle, Michelle Williams is the reason why the Destiny Fulfilled album yes. is what it is. Okay. Yes. I want all you girls to understand you can love Beyonce, you can love Kelly, you yeah. can love Michelle, but be very fucking clear. If it was not for those Michelle, is, is she the reason? All you had to say was that your mind was made up. I would be so hurt and I could just move on. You had me believing everything was my fault. I can see it now. It's a situation that I must let go. You ain't gonna, be, gonna a be a man and let, let me know. Me know. <laughs> I guess me seeing you with her. That's it all. Oh. Hold on. What did I say? It's not always the why, it's the what. Me seeing it. That is the That's theme it. of this episode. It's not always the why, it is the what, okay? <laughs> that is the theme. What? Love it. Mm. Mm. It's the what, it's the fucking what. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. All right, Fonz. You have the most, one of the most beautiful asses I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Uh, oh my God, thank so you. Perky and round. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, it's, do you have a squat routine? If so, please give us the rundown. Um, and what attention has your ass, both positive and negative, brought to your life? Okay, this is a fun ass question. No pun intended. Um, so I don't. I wish I could commit to the gym in like the ways that I, like commit to writing or something, but I just can't. Like the gym annoys me, and it's because like. It's because of sometimes the negative attention, but we'll get to that. Um, I don't have a squat routine. I've kind of like, sometimes at some point in my life, in my youth, I was bullied for having a big butt because in middle school, <laughs> in, in junior high, um, we had to wear uniforms because we wear uniforms, you know, uniforms fit you a certain way. I didn't ask to be born like this, but like, I didn't, I didn't, have the perception of my body that I do now as a grown man. Um, and girls saw the big butt, you know, and like really, it, I was teased by girls for it. Um, but obviously now I love what I'm working with. <laughs> um, the positive attention goes back to like how I was talking about like in the South, men just appreciate <laughs> They will, I mean, like, damn near propose, you know what I mean, over a fat ass. And so I've experienced that. I, I, I'm not going to act like I'm above flattery. I, everybody, like, I like that, you know, talk talk nicely to me. Talk, buy me a drink. Spit your game. Talk your shit. Um, but then also in those same spaces, people don't respect autonomy. They don't respect your agency see and so they touch up on you they feel up on you I've had guys bite me in clubs I've had guys like 
try to choke me and suck on my neck upon greeting. I've never seen you before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is happening. This is almost always happened in front of friends too. Like even in situations when we dancing, I'm a Trinidadian. I love sensual, you know, I'm an island boy at heart. Like I was born here, but I'm an island boy. I love that sensual shit. I love that passionate shit. When we dancing, we dancing, but then like, you know, don't take it too far. And as much as there is a thin line, there's still a line, you know what I mean? And people know, like we're all adults, we know not to cross that. Um, so people do get handsy, like I've been like, you know, un- unwarranted, like had had people touch me and it's not pleasant. When you say bite you, <laughs> you mean like bite your butt? Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. It happened in Miami. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I don't like you niggas. Some, uh, the nigga bit my ass. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, it was just, it was nuts. I was so drunk. Like, <laughs> but still, like, I didn't, I wasn't even dancing with him. I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he came from. From the trash. Because that's and then the man after who that, bites like, your ass in public <laughs> They are rodents. Yeah. Like the other, the other time, one other time, this, I'm 5'6". This guy is like way over 6'3". And, you know, you domineering already. Obviously, that shit is attractive. Like a tall nigga. But, <laughs> like, you coming and he was like, this, like, what's your name? Like, relax with all of that like come on come on it's too much it's too much and i really i always appreciate a guy who can just chill like i like guys who are chill um i like guys who know how to like just be relaxed and that has nothing to do with masculinity yes. it has everything to do with just demeanor calm the fuck down and then like approaching someone really calmly being smooth being you know what i mean like easy going like that's attractive to me so if you being damn near abusing me manhandling me for my phone number i'm not gonna give it to you <laughs> no no <sighs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's you know i i think it's very hard to like figure out, like you said, there's a very thin line. Um, Cause I definitely want a more aggressive, I definitely, I would like to know what it feels like to deal with a more aggressive man, both outside and inside the bedroom. Um, Cause I always seem to be the more dominant personality, but don't mm-hmm. choke me when asking for my number um, or bite my ass in public. But also, you would have a hard time finding my ass, but that's a whole nother subject. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I got booty on the low. You don't know it's oh there until you're there. Um, <laughs> and it generally ain't there in jeans. Um, but nonetheless, we move forward. Um, the Queen Jasmine Sullivan once said, if he hitting it good, trick on your nigga. If he's swinging that wood, trick on your nigga. What is the most expensive gift you have received as well as purchased for a lover? A lover. Um, I'm gonna be honest. The most expensive thing I've 
gotten from a guy was a laptop. It was, I needed a new laptop. I was like complaining about wanting a new MacBook. Not to him because I expected him to give it to me, but he did it. Um, and it was a meaningful gesture. Like you don't have to spend anything really on me for me to appreciate shit, but like it sometimes also does say a lot, you know, for somebody to you know drop a bag. MacBooks ain't cheap. Um, I dated a guy who was really into wrestling um, and I ended up buying him a custom championship belt with his name on it, but I never gave it to him. We actually ended up breaking up and I'm so glad <laughs> I kept the receipt on that because um, I damn sure returned it. But Wait, you, could, you, know, you were returning even though it had his name on it? I returned it, yeah. He was not good to me. <laughs> As, as you know, my history of men, they just were not. What am I giving you? A gold-plated championship belt made out of genuine leather. You know what I mean? What is that? That's not a, a parting gift. No, that's not. I just was surprised that <laughs> you put his name on it. They still I put his name it. on it. He was, he was my champion. Like, you know, I really be... Me in love. I'm on me in love unparalleled but you know some niggas just don't deserve they don't <laughs> they it. don't generally they don't amber what's the most expensive thing a nigga done bought you um it is a, a bike or a cell phone but like that's i think that's the most expensive thing uh i've never i was i think the most expensive thing i've ever bought was like an uber somewhere far like maybe like 40 bucks <laughs> <laughs> Ever say you can't get my coin. Right. Also, I've also the guy who got me the bike, I bought him like some expensive like uh sneakers, but I never gave them to him because it wasn't because we broke up, but it was because I because <laughs> I have issues with vulnerability and gifts are <laughs> vulnerable. And so I just never gave it to him. And I took it back because it stressed me out. <laughs> Drop the bag. I just had the bag just waiting. I just said no. <laughs> I love I too. I love I love giving gifts. I, I like I like doing it, but I just don't. I don't know. I've never with somebody that I care. I don't know. I'm a mess, y'all. But, <laughs> but I love gifts. Give me buy me things. Look, buy me things. Um, I want a Birkin. <laughs> or actually no i'm lying i want this Givenchy white leather bag that i found on farfetch i'm gonna put the link in my bio um <laughs> so if anybody wants to purchase, purchase it, yes um i ain't never had no nigga buy me nothing expensive honestly um so that's that that's okay and that don't mean nothing about you exactly it means I nothing I mean, I know it don't mean nothing about me per se, but I would just like an expensive gift. <laughs> and that's okay, too. Yeah. That's okay, too. Okay, you were saying that um, a relationship with you is unparalleled, like when you're in a relationship. So you consider yourself a modern-day romantic. What does this term mean to you? Um, Modern-day romantic. But what, what's like the classic 
romantic. Uh, I don't know. Modern day romantic. So you you consider yourself a romantic. Yeah. So um, talk to us about like what that means for you. Well, so like my love language primarily is physical touch, but like right, right beneath it is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, there is no... There is no thing that you can give me that really illustrates how you feel about me more than how you actually treat me. You know what I'm saying? You you can be with somebody who drops bags on you, but they can be so absent in the relationship. They can be so, you know what I mean, distant. It's like, and some people are fine with that as long as you drop in a bag, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Like I want, I want closeness, I want intimacy and um, I give that just as much as I expect it. Uh, I'm not a clingy person. I'm not even much of a jealous person. Um, but I, when I, when I want what, <laughs> what I want, what I want, I want what I want. And when I want my attention, you know what I mean? I want my attention, but I'm also just as easy to give it. So like that balance of giving things that are, um, that fall within, my love languages, you know, I can give it just as easy as I receive it. And that's what, pause, that's what um, <laughs> a good, ro- that like, that's what a good romantic is. Like, that's how I define myself as a romantic. I've got a question randomly. So physical touch is like, not even something that I think about as far as like a love language. Mm-hmm. And I hear, I hear like a lot of I hear specifically hear a lot of men say physical touch and like so like I'm interested to know like is physical touch not just obviously it's not just fucking but like what are some ways to kind of like what are some like the most like creative ways with physical touch that like where you were like ooh I like this this so, makes me so loved yeah so nonverbal communication is like so beautiful to me um, physical communication more specifically. I think this goes back into like how I like I like being soft and so like I like being held and I'm like you know the 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 tracing the fingertips along your arm like that romantic flowery shit like I love it I love it I love to cuddle you know what I mean like it, it again like you said Ember it's not always about fucking you know what I mean I like that too but <laughs> I I just like closeness I like I like, I feel like sharing a space with somebody, especially these days, like is so precious. And um, to, to share your space with somebody is, that's a gift in and of itself. And I'm appreciative of stuff like that. Um, I'm appreciative of moments like that, that I, you know, could have with a lover. Um, and I like to, I like to give that as well. Hmm. I like that. I'm, I guess I'm always trying to figure out like what that means. Like, yeah. like they, I saw this thread on Twitter of like people, uh, I think it was like a TikTok trend. Mm-hmm. Um, women were making TikToks of like their guys um, like coming to them and like falling asleep like while they rub their head. Mm-hmm. I'm that kind of person. Okay. Like, 
I like to treat my nigga like a baby sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, you know how Megan say hard on them hoes, but for me, he's a baby. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like guys like that. Like, just fall asleep on me. Let me rub your head. Mm-hmm. Let me rub your back. Just be gentle. Like, just be gentle. But yeah, that's like, and guys do appreciate that. Straight, gay, anywhere in between, bi, pan. You know what I mean? They just love it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> Speaking of touch. So I've also never had, I've never had an anal orgasm and I'm assuming that you have. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming both of y'all have. All right. So I have not. So I'm, I'm ready to hear these words too. <laughs> okay. So what, what three words come to mind when you think of an anal orgasm? Oh my God. Those are the three? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the three. I feel like the boy right now having a fucking like moment. <laughs> okay, so can you go more in depth? Because oh I need my to know, God. I need to know like, okay, I understand. Oh my God, I get that. But can you like, can you say what like what your booty hell felt like like or can you give us like I just need a little more because I need to know oh, wait, hold on. when it happens I need to know what I'm feeling. Let's let's rewind. When y'all say anal orgasm, do you mean like having an orgasm because you're because you're getting it in the ass or do you mean like how the girls say creamy? No. Oh god. Okay. So not the last. First of all. First of all. <laughs> Getting fucked in the ass, and then I orgasm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Here, okay. here at Eat Pray Thought, we do not support <laughs> creaming. Savoy's words don't. <laughs> if you want to cream, 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 but I don't no. know. For you. No. Oh I don't, my god. I, I don't know what it means in the female vagina community, but we don't. We don't say it. Okay. But in the in the up your ass players community, um, <laughs> creaming is not is not actually good. It's not like something that should be happening. But that's one day we're gonna have to get a doctor on the show. But anyways, back yeah. to yeah. So yes, it's getting fucked in your ass and having an orgasm without touching yourself. Okay, and then you your question was like, how? What like, did your What did your booty hole feel? What was <laughs> What was the feeling within your booty hole? I just oh need to know God. so I know when I'm having it. It's it's not even really. Yes, the the sensation like that's the epicenter of the anal orgasm. But it's a full body experience. Yeah. Like an orgasm is a full body experience, and so like, yeah, it starts there because that's the source. But for me. <laughs> it's just like a light switch it's like (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's like oh shit like wow (laughs) and I feel like I like the first time I experienced it I feel like I said wow like out loud like that like wow like wow I don't have the words I'm so sorry I often do have the words for things that's fine that's fine (laughs) so so and I hope, I hope that you experience, I hope y'all experience that. I, um, so boy, I feel like 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the vibrator. You should try it. So I just so I I have a vibrator. I don't. So here's the thing with me and vibrators, or <laughs> because I just I want to be honest. I get for me, I guess with the the anal part of having the vibrator. Well, obviously it's a vibrator. Never mind. And it's going on my butt. Um, <laughs> but the vibrators, like it feels good in my butt, but it's also just like for me, sex is so like about the other person and I think that's why even like lately I haven't even been able to masturbate as much or I just don't find masturbating as as enjoyable as I used to um and I understand like the the idea of like you need to understand your person your own personal pleasures so you can communicate them better to others but I just generally find that like whenever I'm doing masturbation just like this ain't it's missing the person the personness um that I'm that that that's really what I'm craving um but as we all know as everyone knows as the pussy hive know on this podcast I'm still figuring out a lot of my sexual shit um so I have faith that one day I will have an anal orgasm both from a man and maybe from even from a vibrator but as of as of right now it has not happened Mm -hmm. but I am um I am hopeful Actually, you know what? I am not hopeful. I am manifesting that this will happen sooner than later. Yeah. And it might not be a vibrator. It could be a toy. It might be something else. Yeah. It might be a butt plug. I don't, it could be, or anal beads. I don't know. I think I need to just start playing more with it. But I just think in general, like I said, it's more like for me, I'm just like, can I just, it feels weird doing anal play by yourself. I don't know why that's just my thing I just want to I just want someone to be there like even even if you're going to use a toy on me I just want someone else to be there I don't know I'm just missing I'm missing intimacy yeah long story short <laughs> I feel that um and that's just been that's been something that I've just been craving since 2020 to begin with like mm-hmm. very much craving intimacy um but yeah okay well I look into like intimacy with yourself Yes, agree, agree. I'm gonna look. Th- th- thank you, Amber. See, that's why you my friend. Just looking, just look into it. See. No, and I. It's all like I said. I'm still very much figuring out my sexual shit, as you know, Amber. On a personal, on a super personal note. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Why not just talk about it right now? So, um. One of the reasons why I think I'm one of the reasons why I know I'm figuring out some of my sexual shit is because I had a sexual experience um, in 2016 that um, with an ex, or really my only ex, um, who at the time was married, was married, or actually he still is married, but that's not my business. Um, and basically, I sucked his dick on the side of the road. I've told this story in multiple different ways mainly because I was processing it myself. Um, And I've made it sound sexier, more sexy and exciting than it actually was because actually it was a very much a traumatizing experience. I felt like in general, I was um, 
I basically had created a safe space in this in this man. Um, and I feel like in this one occurrence of sucking his dick on the side of the road, everything, that safe space had completely been stomped on, kicked, and threw to the side um, to the point that like afterwards, even afterwards, after it was all done, he, he said, one of the, I'll just give an example. One of the things he said to me after the embarrassment situation or just the, the horrible treatment was, don't fall in love with me again now. And I just remember looking at him like, nigga, are you serious? Don't fall in love with you again? Um, ah, 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 fast, fast face, fast face, yes. Um, so, um, so afterwards, that after that situation, um, I just I realized that what I've been trying to do a lot is try to, I've been trying to create safe spaces and sex again. Um, or within man and relationships again. And a lot of times I've done it in a way that really wasn't, like, it was just too fast. Like, I barely know you. You barely know me. I can't create a safe space in you because we don't know each other. There's no, um, but I was just so much craving that safe space. So the main thing that I've been just trying to do as I finally kind of start to come to terms with all this is create a safe space in myself um and really build that up um but I think outside of so I think that's where a lot of like the craving now is because if I'm being completely honest a lot of my sexual experiences after that have been very much um lackluster and I don't necessarily think it was because these guys were bad I think it's just because I just wasn't you didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel, I wasn't really being present. I really just wasn't, I was not in the space to be having sex with them. Um, most of them. Um, and then let me be clear. Some of them were bad. Um, but most of <laughs> some were, some were bad. Um, there were a few, there's like two or three of them that I'm like, mm, no, you were bad. But most of the <laughs> other ones I think could have had good dick potential but I just wasn't in the right mindset to be having sex with them. Right. Yeah. So I'm now figuring, like I said, I'm creating my own safe space and I'm still now I'm trying to figure out what does a healthy sexual relationship look like for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm still figuring that out. I'm still figuring out the whole intimacy part and all those different things. But I think I'm finally just at a place where I can finally kind of just say like, hey, it's okay we have to work on this. Um, and I think I was just rushing it. Ooh, I was rushing it. I can think of like five or six dudes that I was just like, like now I forgive myself for that, but I can look at it and be like, so you barely knew that nigga. You was just trying to create a safe space because that was something I was just craving. I wanted that safe space again um, because the person I had built, put it, created a safe space in, completely destroyed it. Um, but hey, He's not in my life anymore, even though he has tried multiple times um, to, to contact me. Um, but I've told him nicely, please stay out, stay the fuck out of my life. And if you know who, and if y'all know, some listeners may know who the fuck he is. Um, 
Yeah, fuck him. Anyways, so oh, next question. <laughs> I'm done with my story. Um, actually, this will be the last thought question. As a member of the Beehive, Fonz, mm-hmm. what are three songs that you that what are three songs from her that you feel like should be on any sex playlist? Ooh, um, be with you off of dangerously in love. Um six inch off of lemonade. That's for like the more hoish side of me. Um so be with you is for the lovey dovey. Six inches for like the sex ninja. Um and then obviously rocket. Like I, you know, you just gotta do rocket. I was like, rocket for the orgasm. Yeah, rock rocket for the Rocket to waterfalls. Come no. on. <laughs> you know, you got to keep it. Yeah, those are my three. Okay. Amber, as a uh, member of the Beehive, what are your three songs? Okay. Uh, there's a lot of songs that came up for me, um, but Rocket obviously was one. Um, uh I think if I were in a relationship, this is what I would imagine. Cause I usually don't like to have sex playlists that have like lovey-dovey songs. And I don't think Beyonce does sex songs that don't have like some element of like intimacy in them. Maybe cause she's like a married woman. Like Rihanna will do like skin and you you know she gonna fucking go. Yeah, you know that it. like, it's not like, like Rocket. And then even like Blow, you're like, this feels a little bit intimate, you know? Um, but, uh, dance for you. I would, I would like that song on there. Um, and then, uh, why am I blanking on the name? Uh, speechless speechless is another one like from dangerously in love. Like just, I want to be, I, I like that feeling of being like, I can't talk. (laughs) And then that's also another part of like the orgasm. That's that the orgasm girl. Cause like you know what she's just saying yes you know what I'm saying like that just like, <laughs> like that's what I I need to feel so those are my three um my three B songs that I would do speechless rocket and uh dance for you I have a I have a sex playlist that I would love to share with y'all it's 24 hours long <laughs> Please, please do. Yeah, I this is my sex playlist. I like to like nothing that's going to remind me of love. Again, vulnerability. I know I have an issue, but like nothing. <laughs> the first step is admitting, girl. You was good. You was good. You are admitting. You are admitting. Right. Get it. But like I, that's what I'm saying. Like I can't. I don't know. These songs I stay away from. Mm. Yeah, my sex playlist is titled "Turn That Cherry Out." <laughs> and it is capped off it kicks off with rocket by beyonce so i am done <sighs> all right so we are <laughs> ever you okay over no i'm laughing because I, I was thinking about getting my cherry turned out but anyway keep going <laughs> yes all right all right bird confessions these are rapid fire questions we have a few new ones um, and it's going to be much shorter than usual in past seasons. Okay. What kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, ostrich, penguin, or peacock? A dove. Okay. Come on, dove. 
Thong, jockstrap, briefs, or nothing at all? Thong. I love thongs. I mean, if I had that ass, I would love thongs. <laughs> Actually, I don't have that ass, and I still love a good thong. <laughs> um, Birkin or Telfar? Telfar. Okay. Who is the most iconic thought of all time? <laughs> Savoy. Ah, ah! I'm not even a thought, but thank you. I'm not a real one. But I I'm a thought. You. I, thank you, you are. You are a thought. <laughs> I'm a thought. I think we're all thoughts. Okay, right. cool. Like everybody's I, thought- I feel like I feel like you also the fact that you are no some people can't even talk about sex. Yeah. Like, you talk about it, you are open about it. Like that's beautiful. Oh, okay. You are an iconic thought. Thank you. I, you know what? That's just me. I'm. I, that's one thing I realized I need to work on in 2021. I don't give myself enough credit. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So now we're gonna do Zaddy a week. This is one man that we are crushing on right now. It can be anyone. It can be a barista. It can be a famous person. It can be. It can be the nigga that's currently getting your guts. If someone is getting your guts, um, I I have never ex- I haven't experienced that in a long time. Um, <laughs> but yes, so as our guest finds, who is your zaddy of the week? I recently just unearthed um, some pictures of Big Sean that just rekindled the things that I felt for him, like for like all of 2020, he, he's that nigga. (laughs) He is. He's looking good. And he's like buff now. So like, he's looking real good. Another Aries. (laughs) Come on. Look, you better stay loyal to your, your, your It okay. just so happens. It just so happens. You better stay loyal to your people. <laughs> Amber, who's your zaddy of the week? Damson Idris. I don't even watch Snowfall, but <laughs> him. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Mm, a man. Fine. Amen. And then I just like him with Daniel Kalua. Like it just, I just like want them to gang bang me. He's so fine, Daniel. I, there's something also like about his sweat like he has like an energy to me like once he's like in his like regular like London sweat like I'm just like I don't know there's something about him yeah Daniel Kalua but this is not about him but Damson Idris shout out to you I'm gonna start oh, watching dear. Snowfall once I finish Dawson's Creek okay <laughs> so <Come> me- on. <laughs> Come on, I, Dawson Creek. Amber's really, she's been been watching Dawson Creek <laughs> religiously. That is some drama. I remember <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Drama. 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 Okay. White people, that is one thing about white people that I will say that the black community doesn't do as much is like a friend group will all fuck each other. And then still be like friends and kicking it. Like it's just that's something that I have never seen with a black friend group in my experience. Yeah. So I watched yesterday, I watched the first episode of Young Rock, Don't Ask Me Why on NBC. It's the show about the Rock's life. Oh yeah, I watched that too. Okay. Okay. Which one? The Joseph Lee Anderson, the daddy. The guy who plays the dad, his daddy. 
Joseph Lee. I'm Googling right now. Joseph Lee <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> who plays Rocky Johnson? <laughs> okay, hold on. Y'all, first of all, y'all know I love me a good zaddy, okay? Wait, he don't look like this in the show. He looked, but it don't even, it's not even about his face. It's about the body. Oh, like, okay. Joseph, I mean, his he got a cute face, but he has a cute face without the afro. Like, he looks better without the afro and stuff. Yeah. So, for y'all don't know, basically, the show is about Young Rock's life. And he, he Joseph Lee Anderson plays his dad, um, who was also a professional wrestler. So, like, but in the 70s and 80s. So, he has, like, an afro in the whole time. Yeah. And it's these big, horrible sideburns. But nonetheless, this man is sexy. And he could, like, his bicep, like he can put me in a headlock, and I swear to God, I would, I would. I'm getting wet now just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, shout out to Joseph Lee Anderson. A the real Rocky Johnson is also fine. Okay. I didn't know. Yes, honey. Okay, okay. bro. Right. Um, so next we have the Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, which is one woman we feel like deserves her flowers and has not received them enough. Um, so yeah, Fonz, who's your who's your Bad Bitch Hall of Fame entry? Oh, um, uh, I don't know. So I mentioned my homegirl Sensei. <laughs> um, you know she's not famous, but like she she's literally one of the most iconic women I've ever met. Um, I met her in Atlanta and she's like one of my lifelong friends. Um, she is just a source of everything good um, to me. And I, I know that she's that for a lot of people. And so I just can't wait to see life treat her with all of the things that she deserves, you know? Um, she's, she's doing really well for herself already, but like, you know, when you just want the absolute pinnacle of the best cream of the crop, top of the top for somebody like she's one. Wait, Pons, you froze. No. Oh, oh shout out to Sensei. Am I frozen? Okay. Wait. You back now. I can hear you. I'm back. <laughs> Yeah, you bet. <laughs> not me freezing and then some, a message just popped up on my thing saying your connection is unstable child, <laughs> child. but yes that's my homegirl sensei i love her a lot okay amber um okay so i was talking to dania who y'all heard uh from last week if you're listening to this mm-hmm. uh and uh you know she said kim kardashian which is you know we forgive her but uh (laughs) but she reminded me she was like i wish i would have said amaya scott and we just need to know that she is definitely one of the baddest bitches of all time yeah i like ig models there would be no ig models without amaya scott like the lace the the uh bbl body like that's all her she started this shit and uh we wouldn't have like the black chinas and all that stuff without her um so shout out to amaya she's beautiful 
Um, I know she's been doing so much, like having um, having the role on Star was really great. And so I just look forward to seeing more from her because obviously Star is no longer with us. Um, but shout out to Amaya. Woo woo. Um, yes, Kim Kardashian. Um, we gonna forgive. We nation. forgive. We she forgive. Was, she she we were rushed we rushed her on to the podcast she made a mistake it's okay it's um, okay and you know what she can have her feelings yes and she right she can yeah um but I'm not letting her <laughs> I'm not letting her into my bad bitch hall of fame exactly um, like said, it's she's somewhere around the corner yeah hall of fame um I however am going to put a white woman into the hall of fame this year oh, Jesus. I mean. And I know this is I know this is very shocking, but I think when it's all said and done, I think you will agree with this 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 entry. Who is it? This woman has literally gotten me through some of my most emotionally difficult moments. Her name is Robin. R- oh, okay. R O B Y N. Hi, Robin. I do. R- what? Dancing, I, do I don't know what's bad. Dancing on my own, Robin. Yes. Woo. It gets and it hurts with every heartbeat. Every. Oh my God. I love Robin so oh, yeah. much. I've never been smart with love. I let the bad ones in and the good, the good ones go. go. I'm going to love you like I'm indestructible. Okay. Robin. Okay. All right. Robin. I, was, I was worried. I was, I was worried. I know you were. I know you were. But I was like, let me tell you. Robin. Yeah. And you know what? Solidif- like, first of all, I've, I've been loving Robin since Amber put me on, basically. Um, but the moment where I knew me and Robin really were close was when I was in Jasmine Sullivan comments during the fall and she was underneath, she was in the comments standing for Jasmine Sullivan. And I said, that's a bitch, that's a white bitch I can motherfucking support. Yeah, absolutely. A bitch that knows Jasmine is the best of the best. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, shout out to to Robin. Woo, Robin! That is so, I love her. I recently listened to her um because I was driving to DC and I was like you know who I haven't listened to in a minute I was like let me listen because I also listened to Britney Spears because I just watched the the documentary free Britney free Britney and um and so like I had never listened to like in the zone or blackout like that like I listened to her singles but I like never like listened to it. and I was like oh this shit holds up and then it reminded me of Robin and so then like got into mm. it but mm. robin wow shout out to you robin five. we okay. love you five. so good in concert too if y'all i mean if we ever do concerts ever again like right. <laughs> do, <laughs> love that. go see her <laughs> robin a queen okay isn't ain't she sweetest a sweetest queen a sweetest a queen. Swedish queen and she's always been a queen even since the 90s with the what's that song show me love yes <laughs> Show me the eyes. Baby, show me what it's all about. <laughs> You're the one that I ever needed. <laughs> what? Rob, 
Robin. Okay, Robin. All right. <laughs> I know you was nervous, Amber. I could see I the worry in your eye, but I was like, I ain't gonna let you down. You didn't. You didn't. I ain't gonna let you down. All right. So as always, we close it with good busy vibes, which is one quote that I've seen that has inspired me. This one is very short, but very impactful. It's from Joe Leon, um, one of the few straight men I follow on Twitter and Instagram. Um, shout out to him for not being a trash human. Um, <laughs> like so many from his clan. Um, feel obligated to love on yourself more. Once again, feel obligated to love on yourself more. All right, y'all? Okay. okay. All right. I feel like um, I feel like Tabitha when I say, all right, y'all? Okay. All right. <laughs> it feels very Tabitha Brown. Another queen. An, uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Tabitha said, brush your tongue this week, okay? <laughs> Shout out to her. Because y'all hoes ain't been brushing your <laughs> And it says a lot about you. Just saying. Um, Fonz, thank you for coming. Efforts. <laughs> um, I found something else. Keep going. Uh, um, Fonz, please tell us, tell please tell the Bussy Hive um, where they can find you. And if there's anything you would just like to promote in general, let us know. Oh, yes. Um, so... First off, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Franz Frank, F-O-N-Z-F-R-A-N-C. Um, but I'm working on like the launch of a digital gallery right now for um, my screenplays. And I'm excited about that because I haven't really like, put out my screenplay work before, um, but I'm trying to do it in a creative way and also in a very smart way um, so that I'm not giving away my content for free. But um, it's just, it'll just be little snippets at best of like scenes for people to read and just get a taste of how I write scripts. But yes, that's what I have to promote. Okay, come on. <laughs> Fine, thank you for being an amazing guest. Fine, thank, thank you for being so you. open you guys. and vulnerable. So awesome. Yes. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as always, Bussy High, we thank you. You know where to find us on Twitter on Instagram, um, as well as your local streaming podcast um, platforms. And we love y'all. And Amber, what, what do you want to close out? Do you have anything you want to tell the hoes? Yes, it reminded me of uh, Tabitha Brown talking about brushing your tongue. And uh, recently, Dawn from In Vogue was talking about how she doesn't wear masks because she can smell other people's breath in the mask. And I, I just want to say, if you smell someone else's breath uh, while you have a mask on, that's your breath. Okay? That's yours. It's you. You smell your breath. Okay? Just just know that. Words of wisdom. <laughs> um, so that's why Tabitha said, that's why she came out this week and she said, brush some tongue so that you don't smell your own breath in the mask and think that it's somebody else's. Okay? All right, thank you. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Amber. I hate you so much. Um, Look, <laughs> Don was wilding on that one. <laughs> look, look, look. Ooh. Don ain't. 
Yes. First of all, Don has made a plethora of bad decisions. First, just leaving in vogue. Um, so we can't trust her. Love her to death. Bad decision maker. You just gotta know where you once again, you gotta know your range. Know your range. Know your range. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see how we love you. We thank you. Bye. Bye.